the things And welcome to Corner Cafe. And I have my really good friend Priscilla Ron here. I'm so excited. Welcome to the Corner Cafe. Oh, it's so great to hang out with you, Rachel. Yeah, and I just, I love the sign back here that we have. Um, so we're gonna be talking about her political career. And so I've known you for, gosh, well, when you married Darren. So, so it's a little over nine years. Nine years, that's crazy. I know, right? It's wow. So fast. <laughs> it has. So, Okay, so Priscilla is married to Darren Ron, and we've had you on our show as well as Darren Ron um, multiple times. Um, and he's a, for those of you who don't know, he's a um, Billboard charting jazz artist and producer. Very, very gifted. But when he met Priscilla, we were so happy for him because, like, the perfect match, you know? <laughs> so um, Priscilla is a teacher, and she has so many other things. But we're going to have a good conversation because I want to know. As a teacher, why did you decide to get into politics? So let's just start off with that. Well, um, I think I was always just really active from high school through college and then as a teacher involved in clubs and activities. And when you find your tribe, um, what starts to happen is you figure out what your leadership style is like. So it started in high school. I became the president of FBLA, which is Future Business Leaders of America. Ooh. I don't know if they still have that in too many high schools, but um, then I was in SAD, Students Against Drunk Driving. Mm. And what you find out is, hey, there's more to life than just going to school and taking classes. You get involved in activities outside of yourself. And so that morphed into public education where I got on some committees and started um advocating for pro-public education initiatives. And then um, one day, you know, on Facebook, I always tell this story on Facebook, they have suggested friends. And even though I was a conservative and a Republican my entire life, I was never involved in politics. Mm. But I thought, wow, there's this guy that keeps coming up on my Facebook feed. And he was the chair of the Colorado GOP. Oh, wow. And his name was Steve House. And I said, I'm just going to message this gentleman and see if I can meet with him and talk with him about some of my frustrations around public education. Yeah. And so uh, we met for breakfast and he was really nice. And he's the one who encouraged me to kind of what I say, get off the bench and run for public office, which I did in 2020. I ran for CU Regent and it was my first time ever running for public office, you know, because you never imagine yourself as like, I'm going to be an elected official. That's that's a trajectory for other people who might be millionaires or might know a lot of people um, or might have a studied politics and, and, and that type of uh, thing. So I never viewed myself as a politician, but I realized that the way our founding fathers designed uh, government is that you're representative and it's for anybody. Right. Anybody can represent. Their and that's community. the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd give it another shot <laughs> to run for county commissioner. Wow. Wow. I love that. So um, just as a teacher, you know, Describe some of the issues that you were seeing within within um, the school system that really had you, you know, hoping for change or hoping that, you know, you could be a voice. What are some of the, the frustrations, if you will? Sure. I mean, it always comes down to student outcomes. And yeah. when you start looking at those yearly test scores and we've been seeing them drop a yeah. lot, 
And I know we, we have a lot of smart people in public education who are trying to problem solve it, but there are just so many distractions that have come up where people are trying to uh, solve this problem of why do we see drops in certain demographics right. uh, versus others. And unfortunately, we're, we haven't been able to see the increase mm -hmm. in student outcomes based on some of the professional development changes in public education. And so I was getting really frustrated yeah, with so, yeah. sitting through some of the professional development that I said, you know, this is not yielding the type of change. Right. We do care about culture and environment um, for our students. And that's really meaningful. And to our your listeners who are believers, you know, Jesus Christ, before he taught, he always made sure people were fed mm -hmm. and were taking care of their physical needs. And yeah. then he taught, which is yeah. a great example for us. Um, before you start feeding people a bunch of information, make sure they're okay yeah. first. Um, exactly. And so I know in public education, they've tried to do that, but our world just has been changing yeah. so much that I feel like the solution is not what public education has been giving to our kids. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have a lot of conversations. Um, I'm not a mom yet. I hope the Lord still has that for me. We'll see. But um, I always talk to friends about how if I had kids, I would be um, – not too happy to put them into public school. Yet then I know people like Priscilla and like, well, you know, there are amazing um, people in the, in the educational system. Um, but we just, you know, from the outside perspective, we're looking in, we're being like, wow, it's really messed up. And there's some of the things being taught that I'd, I wouldn't want my kids being taught, you know? So mm -hmm. how do you grapple with that and being the public school system? Right. You know, I think for folks who are teachers who have a biblical worldview, you have to reconcile because it's so mm -hmm. embedded in us, the yep. way that Christ laid the example for us of how we treat other people and what's important in educating and raising up a child is really, really different than what the world might right. say is important. And so that's where the conflict is. And so I, I just try to remind myself to be salt and light. And what does that look like? It's how I interact with my colleagues right. and my boss and the people who are making the decisions. And am I being a good employee? Right. Um, and am I saying, you know, well, here's the line, like this is something that I'm being asked to do that is damaging to children, then I won't do it. Right. But if it's something that I'm like, you know, this is a space where I can be a positive influence. Right. And then I will do my best to uh, be a positive influence. And so we don't believe in indoctrinating kids. Right. We don't right. want to indoctrinate and tell kids what to think. Right. But we want to teach them how to be independent thinkers. Right. And to make good decisions, knowing that on this journey, the brain is still developing. Right. They're right. little. And so they're going to make mistakes. They're mm -hmm. they're going to explore. They're not going to make the best decisions. But how I can shine my light is in how I interact with people. And it's not always easy because, you know, there's always attacks on right. you as a conservative right. or as a Christian in a public education space. Right. For sure. I mean, you're on the front lines right there mm -hmm. um, for the listeners and viewers on video. Um, so radio listeners, if you're tuning in via radio, you can go to our website, Corner Cafe radio.com and you can watch the video of this interview as well. Um, so for, for the folks who are asking, well, what do you teach? 
I teach music. I teach band and orchestra. Perfect match for Darren, too, because you guys do music together. We do a lot of music together, and I love it. Yes. So fun. And and just a plug for Brave Church. They're on the worship team there. So Plug um, for Brave. We love our our worship. You know what? Let me talk about our worship team and how it's... the system there, I mean, it's all focused on prayer first, you know, Um, we're currently in 21 days of prayer and fasting at our church. And um, our pastor talked about last Sunday, how God called Jesus called it a house of prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, we do great things in the church body. Like we, we create disciples and we, we grow disciples, but it's, he didn't call it a house of discipleship, you know, right. We, we, um, educate, but he didn't call it a house of education. I mean, right. so I can go down the list of yeah. the things that we do, but Jesus was very specific about the purpose of his house and it was a yeah. house of prayer. And so our church focuses on that and our worship team, every time we have a rehearsal on Wednesday nights, getting ready for the Sunday service, you know, we start with breaking bread together. We always eat together oh, and we that. just kind of catch up and yeah. just talk about the things that are going on. And then we go right into a mini Bible study. Wow. And then we go into prayer and then we go into rehearsing. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time focusing on what is our purpose yeah. because that's how God moves as he moves through prayer and our relationship right. with him. And that's something I really, really love about Brave is the right priorities. Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, I've grown musically too. Oh, that's great. You know, spiritually, musically, Mm -hmm. relationally, it's like amazing. Win, win, win. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, check out brave. Um, and so Priscilla, just going to ask, um, why did why are you a conservative? Um, why, why did you choose the Republican party? Sure. Well, I consider myself a Frederick Douglass Republican. Okay. So let me give you a little history, history about Frederick Douglass. So he was born a slave, but he freed himself. He escaped slavery. He taught himself how to read and he became the author of four autobiographies mm-hmm. and it. the advisor to five Republican U S presidents. Wow. Before he died, he, um, he, when he died, he had $300,000 in the bank. And at that time, that's millions of dollars yeah. today. Wow. So he was the example. He wasn't a victim. Even though right. he was born a slave, he died a millionaire, basically. Right. And um, what he did was he studied the Constitution and he held government officials accountable for that document. Cool. And he believed in all of the things that the Constitution teaches and upholds like uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the right to bear arms, uh, freedom of the press, freedom to assemble. All of those things align with what I believe is the right thing and how we treat people. And so that's why I stand firm as a conservative, as a Republican, because of those values. And we need people to not waver from those values. And yeah. it's sometimes, you know, when you when you talk about freedom, that means freedom for all, not just freedom for, for, what, for you believe. what I believe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I have to respect that you might not believe the same thing I right. do, but it's really, really critical that we hold fast to yeah. those values. Absolutely. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend the other night um, regarding the freedom of speech and how I, I acknowledge that I would like to have freedom of speech, but then somebody who I completely disagree with, somebody I think who is an idiot, 
they have freedom of speech too. And that's the whole point, right? You have a right to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They, they have a right to be wrong. I'm right. But um, yeah, so I think that this is really important. But talking about the educational system, do you feel like um, things like that, well, first the Constitution and then the freedom of speech is not getting taught now to this generation in, in public school? Well, it's interesting because education is not mentioned in the Constitution, yeah. So even the whole yeah. concept of government-run education yeah. is not supported in our Constitution. And so the, I, I actually posed this question because it was posed to me. I posed it to my students. I said, do you think the government should force you to go to school? Mm, what they say? What was the majority? And of course they said, <laughs> no. <laughs> they said, no. But yeah, let's go home. Let's, yeah. But think about it. Basically, our public education system says we're forcing you to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because some, a lot of folks will believe, and I used to think this too, but we want to raise educated, capable thinking. For our young society. People, so for a successful society. I yeah. mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? But we have a system where we can penalize parents and put in some states, they put parents in jail wow. if their kids are truant, if yeah. they're not in school. And is that the proper, is that the proper role of government? My argument would be the proper role of government is to protect our individual rights. Right. And so when the government says you have to be here, you have to do that, that is not the proper role of government. As much as we love education and as much yeah. as we think it could produce good things. But right. what we're seeing is indoctrination. Right. Um, we're seeing a lot of places where children are growing up to hate America. Right. They're not saying the they're pledge. being taught that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're being taught that America is racist and mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't be having a conversation with you yeah. because of the color of your skin. And so this yeah. is where our government-run school systems have brought us is instead of – we just celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day yeah. yesterday. How, you know, instead of judging you on the content of your character, now we're being more divided right. based on race. Right. And so, Which was totally um, opposite of what he preached. He wanted, you know, everyone just – be judged on character, right? Um, so how do you feel um, moving forward for the, this is a big question, <laughs> we're not gonna solve it right now, but just how do you feel moving forward as United States of America, um, as citizens, how do we heal the, the divide? Mm-hmm. It's so di- divisive now compared how it was mm-hmm. you know, even 10 years ago. Well, I think the message is families. Um, with the division of families and the breakdown of families, we see the breakdown in communities. And so my message to young people is focus on traditional family, traditional marriage, because that is the order that God has created. When we look at statistics of children who come from broken families, they um, have have a higher rate of suicide. They have a higher rate of mental illness. They have a higher rate of poverty. They have a higher rate of getting in trouble with the law. So there's so much negative that comes from the fact that our society has just broken down. And I want to be clear, that's not to criticize single moms or single dads or where people find themselves in a situation where they're widowed or in a divorce because it happens. And so there's no condemnation for that. I'm just saying, We used to have a society that prioritized the unity of family and families would go to church and they would combine uh, their their growth of physical growth or 
um, mental growth and then their spiritual growth together, right. those three things, the three legs of the stool that I call, right. um, we've, we've lost that. And so what we can see is now a society that's just lost and our kids are being raised on the internet and on mm -hmm. their cell phones. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not really good at interpersonal relationships. Right. They're lacking motivation. So these are all things that a strong father mm -hmm. uh, can help resolve. And so every time I get an opportunity to talk about this, I say, men, women, yeah. be careful who you decide that you want to marry. Yeah. You know, there's worse things than being single. You know, right. pick smart, pick well. and. Yeah. Ladies, wait for that spiritual leader because I always say Christian men are a dime a dozen. There's Christian yeah. men everywhere, but spiritual leaders, guys who know their proper role yeah. in the family and who are going to stand up and cover their wives and their children in prayer and be that covering we need. Yeah. That's really hard to find. Yeah. Um, but I know that there's a movement at Brave, you know, like <laughs> our pastor constantly elevates our men. Which is great, yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, because there's so many single women yes. who are like, where is that Where's the man? guy? Yeah. Me not included. just any guy. Not just any guy. <laughs> not just any guy, but, but an amazing guy. Right. I know. So, yeah. I know it can be frustrating as a, a woman um, who's Christian um, and just, you know, hoping that, that that'll happen. Cause sometimes you're like, I don't know if this is happening. <laughs> it's kind of getting late in the hour, you know, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, Hey, listeners, uh, radio and people who are watching on video, pray, pray for the single people in your life and pray um, just for the nation that we would start to value family again. And, you know, that's, this is a side note, but I, I think um, often um, the church somehow um, is not being a, it's not an attractive place for the masculine man. We kind of went real feminine. And so we attract a lot of feminine, you know, the ladies, but the men are, are maybe not finding a place. And I don't know what the solution is to that. But I just, a, a side note there, I think I'm going to have um, Kirk Samuels back on, talk about madman masculinity. We'll have to, to dive into, you know, why churches maybe, um, the, the men don't feel comfortable. But let's um, move forward towards the education. Um, so what do you hope in this role that you, um, you know, you're, you're running for office here, what do you hope to do once you get elected? So running for county commissioner is a lot of fun and a lot of people don't know what a county commissioner yeah, I, I does. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm actually on the planning commission. I'm in my third finish, starting my fourth year, actually, um, on the planning commission, I'm the chair of the planning commission. And I'm really grateful for that appointment because I've learned so much about uh, land use, yeah. water, transportation, development. That's the kind of thing that um, a county commissioner is in charge of. In Douglas County specifically, we have three county commissioners. They're all Republican, and they've been doing a great job of leading Douglas County. They voted to remove us from the Tri-County Health and keep our um, businesses open and give parents uh, more choice and more rights on like if they want their kids to go to school or go to a business or go to a restaurant. Yeah. Um, Douglas County's debt free. Well, that's great. It's amazing. Yeah. They just voted to reduce our mills, reduce our taxes because our oh. taxes are going mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So um, a commissioner um, is responsible for those tax dollars. So it's over $600 million of tax revenue currently. It'll be more um, that our current county commissioners 
are in charge of. So they give some to the school district, they give some to the sheriff's office, they give some to the health department, and they just divvy it out to different services in Douglas County. And so that's the click notes. Okay. Version. Well, that sounds exciting. You're going to be perfect for this. Um, um, Priscilla, real quick, we're going to go to break, but let's. we're going to give a couple times. How can our listeners get in touch with you? You can reach me at PriscillaForDuckCo.com. All righty. Well, we're going to go to a break. We will be right back. And now, Stand on the Word with Tony Perkins. Our word for today comes from Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. So how do we hold fast to our confession and not waver in these times? He goes on in verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, here's the answer. We need to be in the word, in prayer, and in community with other believers. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Have you or someone you know received a devastating diagnosis that your unborn baby had a condition deemed incompatible with life? Whatever the doctors say, the Bible tells us abortions never the answer regardless of your baby's condition. What are parents to do? Here's one option. Verity's Village is a biblically-based organization that will walk you through the pregnancy and beyond. You have access to pastoral counseling, monthly group sessions, or even private couples counseling. Nearly 200 parents joined their support group last year. The founder's baby deemed incompatible with life is now seven years old. Your doctors may or may not be accurate with your baby's diagnosis. Follow God's will, lean on Jesus, and know that groups are there to help you. Follow us on social media at Life Issues Institute. And welcome back to the Corner Cafe. And then real quick, radio listeners, if you want to see our video, go to cornercaferadio.com and check out all the videos. So Priscilla, um, you were recognized as a leader here in Douglas County. How did that come about? Oh, well, at the state of the county address, um, our commissioners recognize a lot of our strong female leaders that are in Douglas County. We have female mayors. We have females that are running different departments in Douglas County. And so I was really appreciative just to have a mention yeah, as one of the leaders as the chair of the Douglas County Planning Commission. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Okay, so um, how can, well, first I'm going to ask this question. Um, why is it important for Christians to, to vote? Well, because your voice matters in decisions of the government. It, the government is for the people, by the people, and should represent the community. And if you live in this community and you are not happy with the things that you're seeing or decisions that your representatives are making, then you can vote and make a change. Right. You can show up to public comment and express your ideas. You can send an email, you can make a phone call, but I always encourage believers to support the people that they put in office because 
you know, people, you know, get into office and then sometimes they don't hear from the community until they make a decision that the community is upset about. (laughs) Right. So I always encourage people to stay in contact with your elected officials. We're not anybody important that are untouchable. Like we should be available. Right. Um, And I always encourage people also be kind to your elected officials. It's really hard. It takes a lot of time. There's very little sleep. You're managing so many different requests. Yeah. But, um, But don't stop using your voice and saying, this is the community I envision. I envision a conservative community. I envision a community where I have parental choice or I have medical choice or the taxes are low or, you know, whatever. Design it the way you want it to look because folks have invested so much into their homes and their properties. Right. And they have an expectation. And that's the beauty of America is that there's so many different communities. You can live where you want to live and be with neighbors that have the same viewpoint that you have. Right. Yes. And I always think, you know, if you're complaining right now about any government, Colorado or United States, then do something. (laughs) You have no right to complain unless you're actually doing (laughs) something, you know. So um, and voting, of course, is, you know, the no brainer. But also, you know, you could you could run like Priscilla is. You could run for something. You could support. You could just be that person that just supports Priscilla, um, giving finances or just encouragement, stuff like that. So how can our listeners and people who are viewing this video, how can they support you? You were spot on. So with your time and your treasure, time is volunteering, uh, voting, canvassing, door knocking, phone calling. Uh, But it does take money to run a campaign. And we're not, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have deep pockets. And so I am out there constantly asking people, hey, I'm going to run to represent you. If you can invest in Douglas County by making a donation of any amount, I've had people donate $2 because that's all the cash they had in their pocket. And I've had people max out $2,850. So anything in between, uh, there's no shame in what you can give because it's all going to be uh, utilized to help reach voters in Douglas County and let them know, hey, we want to keep Douglas County the special place that it is. And so it is a fight. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I've never donated to a candidate before, you know, you can just put your credit card inside the computer or you can send a check and um, we'll put it to good use. Yes, absolutely. And just to know we were talking about just, you know, some of the expenses, you know, there's it's not just like we're paying, you know, for Priscilla to represent us here. It's also the, the team that you need to do all those things, mm-hmm. the canvassing and the time mm-hmm. and the effort and the marketing and all this kind of stuff. So um, really encourage you to, to give to Priscilla. Let's give your website so that they can uh, do that. My website is Priscilla for Doug Co. And we do spell it out. F-O-R Doug Co. Dot com Priscilla for Duncoe.com. Yeah. And, and on the video here, we have your name spelt out. And so radio listeners, you can go watch the video over if you, if you need um, to see that. So, um, well, Priscilla, any um, last comments? We have about two minutes or so um, that, you know, something that's on your heart. Sure. Especially for your listeners who have faith, I would love for your prayers um, over the campaign. We really do believe in the power of prayer. Um, please reach out via email. My email is Priscilla 
at priscillafordugco.com. Pretty straightforward. And if you just have questions about me as a person and my campaign, if you want to learn more about what a commissioner does, um, we do also have the ability to appoint people to oh. boards and commissions in the community, the library board, the arts board. There's so many ways that you can get involved in Douglas County or wherever you live. So it's not uh, for anybody spectacular, although I think you would be spectacular. Um, you know what I mean? Like oh, it's for anybody. If you're right. a stay-at-home mom or a teacher. Yeah, and I think this, that's the thing is, you know, like even myself, it's like, well, I, I don't know if I can do any of that. But honestly, you know, um, it's you, I'm addressing you, the listener, and you, the, the person who's watching the video, that makes a difference. And um, you can do anything. And there's so many roles to fill. It's not like there's a lack of roles. So um, definitely re reach out to Priscilla. Priscilla, give your website one more time. It's PriscillaForDougCo.com. Great. And once again, radio listeners, um, you can check out this video by going to our website. And that's CornerCafeRadio.com. And then we also, too, just encourage you um, to check out Brave with um, Priscilla and her husband, Darren Ron. Darren's an amazing saxophone player. We're going to have him um, on the show again coming up to, to be at this little cafe that we have now that it's our new set. Um, but we just really appreciate you, Priscilla. Thank you for all you are doing. And you and Darren are just a real light to the community. So um, thanks for coming on Corner Cafe. Thank you, Rachel. And we're going to see you at the cafe next week.